I'd like to welcome Tracy Merrick, Senior Vice President of Marketing, Chief Marketing Officer of the Cleveland Cavaliers to the show. Tracy, I am super excited to have you on. Oh, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thanks so much for including the Cavs. And first off, big congratulations to you guys, NBA champions. Yeah, how about that, right? It's been uh, it's been quite the run, and um, the market is still buzzing without question. And you, every time you look at that banner, or just kind of think back to those those moments over the course of the last year, it's it's honestly it's hard to believe we're here, but here we are. So that's actually what I want to start with is what planning you guys do going into the playoffs, knowing there's two different scenarios. And, and with the Cavaliers and LeBron, it's very binary. You guys either win the championship or you don't. So from a marketing perspective, how are you guys planning for that, knowing that if the Cavaliers were to have won, which you did, that the entire city of Cleveland is going to be completely abuzz with Cavaliers for the rest of history. So you've got a lot of weight on on your shoulders from a marketing perspective wanting to capitalize off of that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, now we've been in, at least in my time here, and I guess in the history of the Cavs, we've been in three finals runs. So, you know, even looking back to 2007 when, you know, it was a little bit of a different organization at the time, but we made it to the finals. And I remember at that point it was like, wow, how did, like literally how did we get here? We were expecting to be a finals kind of team at some point, but I don't know that any of us were expecting it that season. Of course, we got swept by uh, by the Spurs, so things didn't quite go our way, but we learned a lot. And then you fast forward to, I guess it was, what, 14, 15, a whole year ago, and uh, we make it through, we, we get to the finals, and, and we lose on our own home court. So at that point, it's two losses, one to San Antonio on our home court, one to Golden State. And as I think you guys know, as the home team, you actually have to help present the um, production surrounding the championship ceremony if you lose on your court. So we, I've been through that process two times at this point. But, you know, what I would say overall is I think that while expectations are, are so high, certainly surrounding our organization and, and certainly surrounding LeBron, as an organization, we kind of take a step back, and, and this might sound a little crazy, you don't assume you're going to go all that far. Like, And I don't mean you don't assume you're, you're going to contend or that you have the chance, but I think certainly from a marketing perspective, what I've learned is I have a lot of partner teams out there that I've spoken with who have said to me, Do you know what, it's hard to get our fan base that connected until we get to the conference finals. And I think in our space, we kind of look at round one and we treat it as crazy as it sounds exactly the way we would round two, round three, and then ultimately round four. So there's a little bit of, um, shall I say, just a concern. It's almost like you go into it hoping people are going to show up. And I know that sounds crazy, but I think it's a little bit of that hunger um, in terms of how we actually market and promote that, that really makes what we do strong. So, Tracy, can you take me to your game seven for the Cavaliers last year? Where were you watching? And then while it's going through all of this, how did you have to react? Because I have to imagine being the CMO, now all of a sudden the lights are on, you guys have one, everything's been fulfilled. So take me through your Game 7 experience. Yeah, absolutely. Game 7 this last year, I, I stayed here in Cleveland, so obviously we were 
traveling. The team itself was in Golden State, and, and we had a lot of people from our company that, that were there with the team being a part of that. But I stayed here. We had um, a unique situation because we actually host road game watch parties here at Quicken Loans Arena. And really starting from the first round all the way through, we do a $5 donation that goes back to our charity, um, but we'll fill the place. We'll get 20,000 people in the building to watch all the games throughout the course of the playoffs. So for that particular game, of course, that's exactly what was happening. It was a little bit of a weird one, though, because as a reminder, um, not too long after the finals was over, the Republican National Convention was here in Cleveland. So our building was already in this massive transition. They already had the stage up. So normally we put the court down and we make it feel like a Cavs game. And you watch on our Humongotron, it, it's amazing. But on this day, it was kind of in a weird construction zone setting. And we considered hosting it in other, other arenas and other locations here in the city. Um, but ultimately, watching the game on our scoreboard, we decided was most important. So I was here in the building with, with those 20,000 people and um, just watching the game happen and being a part. And I'd have to say, when it got down to those last couple of minutes, and obviously we all know those incredible plays LeBron and Kyrie and, and Kevin had, um, but you get down to that last minute, and obviously the whole building's standing. And I was across between typing on my iPhone about what action items needed to happen the second this win happened, because, of course, it was right on the brink the whole way. Um, and just being glued to what was happening itself. And I'm not too ashamed to say we win, and I just, I was in shock. I just, tears are flowing. <laughs> you know, you're hugging people you've never met before, and I'm kind of going behind, between that that epic 52 years. It just hasn't happened in our city. The, the, the curse, as they call it, is completely broken. And quite truthfully, the weight of knowledge of what was going to have to happen over the next few days. So I, I proceeded to just take a quick lap around the building. The streets, of course, were coated with people. And I went to a command center we'd already created up, up in our offices here at the queue. And I proceeded to sit down and start pounding away at, at work for a parade and all those kinds of things that needed to happen. And I turned to somebody and I said, you know what, we just won the championship. There should be a party or something going on. And it turns out there was a party going on. I just missed the first two hours of it because I was too busy, you know, looking forward. So I, I quickly shut that whole command center down and, and joined my uh, the rest of my teammates. And, you know, the, the rest really just, it was just a maddening rush because um, that was on a Sunday. Um, we welcomed the team back, actually, as that was happening, as we were at that party, we had a full setup actually taking place at the airport um, that the players were landing at. And they arrived here, I'd say, around 1230 the, 12.30 the next afternoon. But by 6 a.m., we had a full stage, audio, video, confetti cannons, just quite the setup that was already at our, our team's private hangar. And we had upwards of ten to 12,000 people show up. Um, just to welcome the team back. So, you know, it really, from that moment, I, I honestly, I believe I slept four hours in about four days, and I'm not exaggerating, as did many people here. But it, it was uh, probably that, that moment of winning was the enormity of the circumstance combined with the enormity of what was about to have to happen and just kind of knowing how ready we weren't for that, but we figured it out. Wow. That experience obviously had to be incredible to be on your side, to be there at the stadium. And then as they came back, that had to be unbelievable. And I'm sure you're running on adrenaline for days and days. Um, one thing that you, you had mentioned a bit earlier that stuck out to me that I'd love to, you know, get your, get your take on is you mentioned that, you know, fast forward from there, from the championship, 
and and looking back, looking at the marketing moving forward from there, not assuming where the team's going to end up, and marketing from that perspective, and not making those assumptions that they're going to win or they're going to get into the playoffs, etc. What does that look like? And then coming out of the championships, how do you? What is your messaging like? And how are you marketing the team as a champion, but but trying to create that balance? Yeah, it's it's, it's a tough one because I I think in our case, and and this has definitely been my experience, literally. Since we, you know, gosh, coming from down 3-1, I mean, what a, what a crazy, crazy ride that has been. But I, I think we've been in a place where we've been learning every step of the way. And so we certainly have spent a lot of time talking to those who have done this. We're certainly not the first team to win a championship, but the, we're the first ones to do it here. And so every single thing that we've done has been a learning experience. And I would say that, yeah, when, you know, I, we haven't come from a place of lacking confidence. We have confidence. It's just that we don't have control. We can't, we can't make the team win, and they're doing everything they can to make that happen. But we also don't want to have any level of arrogance. I mean, our organization is one that is willing to put in the extra time and the extra work, as I think many are. Um, but I think remaining humble um, is very important and not assuming anything because this is a – crazy world and a lot of things can happen and it takes a lot of moons to align to get to the finals much less to win it so I would say you know right now the the biggest impact it has is is honestly we just keep on keeping on and so we've been a very strong activation based organization we've got our we're one of the the organizations that has the membership model in terms of our season tickets so we don't call them season tickets we call it the wine and gold united membership so the opportunity to be involved with a year-long platform that not only includes these amazing tickets to Cavs games, but all these other perks and benefits that enable people to integrate the Cavaliers basketball into their lifeblood um, throughout the course of the year has just been a huge point of message. Um, through the course of the playoffs this past season, we did launch Wine and Gold Nation, which is more of a fan club component that has four different age brackets that actually starts at birth. Um, and goes all the way up. And so there's four different age brackets with different kind of gifts and packages that come along with signing up. It's a $35 annual membership. doesn't include tickets um, at all. Obviously, you have access to it if you want to engage with the team that way. But the goal there is to say, do you know what, there's a lot of people who maybe tickets isn't what they can do, or maybe they don't live in Cleveland, they don't live here, but they want a special relationship for the organization. So, you know, we've been working very hard to set up programs like that that basically say to everybody, do you know what, our door is wide open. You know, come on in, be a part of who we are. And, you know, if you're able to come to games and you're able to be a Wine and Gold United member, have those tickets for each game or a 10-game plan, whatever it is, then we're going to do everything we possibly can to make that an amazing experience. But on the flip side, if you live in California and or, or you're a 10-year-old kid and, and maybe that's not the place you're at in your life or it's not convenient for you, it doesn't mean your fandom is any less important to us. We want you to know that you're welcome and to create an atmosphere that you can be a part of our organization. And interestingly enough, last night um, was the first event for the younger kids that are part of the program, and we actually had a movie viewing of the Lego movie at a local theater, filled it up with over 100-plus kids, and um, Channing Fry was actually there to welcome each child as they walked into this movie just to be a part of something with their friends and family. And that has nothing to do with basketball, yet it's part of the Cavs universe. A Cavs player was there, and you know they had a chance to be a part of what's going on, and 
some of these kids maybe have never gone to a game before, but we're hoping to build them into fans. So, you know, I, I think a lot of it at this point, messaging-wise, is be a part of what we do, um, welcome, and we'll create an opportunity and a forum um, for you to engage with our organization, and it's definitely been a lot of fun. It sounds like it's obviously very community-based, at least on that side of the marketing and, 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 and activations that you're doing in, in events. I'm curious, you know, going back to what you just said as well, where you can't, there's too many variables from an actual team performance perspective. There's no guarantees. Obviously, you know, you have to have that humility, but also confidence. The one thing you can control is where the messaging goes. I'm curious as far as how has, how have you um, positioned where you're putting your energy and effort? Is there more or less in digital and social versus activation versus traditional? Is there a combination? What's your, what's your focus and where do you think the biggest growth is going to come from from an organization standpoint? Without question, digital. And we have a, an expansive and phenomenal digital team led by a gentleman by the name of Mike Conley. Um, who is not only, of course, dealing and, and really making sure content is a driving force on our websites, but is, is very, very aggressive in our social media platforms and, and really have our organization ranking pretty high in terms of likes and, you know, friends and all of those different kinds of things that, that you yearn to have on social media. So at this stage of the game, content, I think, for everybody is, is such an incredibly huge driver. You know, we're not right now doing a lot of traditional marketing um, we have very aggressive relationships with our broadcast partners who are spectacular and who are working very hard to do a lot to not only help just fuel the flame, for lack of a better description, and keep people excited about who it is that we are, but, you know, we're kind of in a lucky position that our, you know, our tickets are doing well, but we also have a big building. It's 20,562, so our problem is a weird one. It's that people don't necessarily think they can get access to Cavs tickets, and the reality is they can. There's a way to get Cavs tickets. Obviously, we're, we're a flash sheets organization, as are several others, and most everybody is dealing on the secondary market at this point. So you, we need to try to continue to make sure that people are aware that if you're interested in coming to a game and you only want singles or if you want season tickets or, or whatnot, there are access points into the organization. So I think that's definitely a key point of communication for us. But to answer your big question, digital is absolutely the focal point, and I think the league has done a, a spectacular job in constantly communicating to all the teams um, that, you know, that's really a focus and that maybe kind of the, the ways that a lot of people used to do things is not the way that it's done now, and I, I think everybody's taking heed. We certainly are. So let's talk about LeBron James, the best player on the planet. You guys obviously are very unique in that you have a, a player who has uh, – delivered on what he said he was going to do. And it would be very easy for you to go LeBron 100% of the time, but this is also very much a team sport. There are other players, Kyrie, Kevin Love. I mean, so many good players on the Cavs there. So how? what's the balance with how you manage marketing around LeBron James versus marketing around non-LeBron James people versus marketing the team as a whole, knowing that, especially in the Cleveland market and probably nationally as well, LeBron is such a sell because of who he is and the excellence that he brings to the table? Yeah, from a team end, we are 100% team. Um, we, we, you know, I've been with the team 14 years, so I got here a couple of months before the draft pick that became LeBron James and have had the good fortune of watching him play for that entire period. It, it's been absolutely remarkable. Um, but there's no question about it. We're, we are a team. And I think that the beauty of LeBron is that he is his own force to be reckoned with. And, you know, he 
He is a brand in and of himself, and he's done quite the remarkable job. You know, in our marketplace, um, you know, he's obviously revered, as he should be, but a lot of it is also for the work that he does in the community. I mean, obviously, he just absolutely dominates on the basketball court, but what he does outside that to really um, showcase his passion for Akron, his passion for Cleveland, his passion for the state of Ohio is completely noticeable and people, you can physically feel it in the community. It, it, it's very palpable. So, you know, he's done a spectacular job of building upon his brand. And I think, you know, from our vantage point or from my vantage point, you know, our job is not to um, take advantage of that. Do you know what I mean? Our job is to build this as a team environment and to highlight all of our players in the best possible light, obviously very much including LeBron, but we also know the world is going to focus on him. And so there is definitely, uh, I wouldn't say it's even an effort. It's not an effort to create balance. It's just fundamentally how our basketball operations group is. So our theme line here has been for the last 13, 14 years, all for one, one for all. And it's all about teamwork. It's about community commitment. It's about best fan experience. And it is, you know, ultimately about, we used to call it and, and still do the, the, you know, the championship um, spirit, but it, that would be in terms of, you know, how your popcorn was served. And, you know, of course it was also about winning on the court. And now that we've done it, I think it takes it to a whole new light. But it's wonderful to be in a place where you've got now, of course, LeBron, Kevin, Love, and Kyrie Irving all on the All-Star team. Um, and it's wonderful to be in a place where from a retail side, you know, I talked to our retail group, and they we've always had all player uniforms and jerseys available in the store um, because that's part of our team philosophy. And if somebody's jersey doesn't happen to sell as much as the other guy, it doesn't change our view that it's our responsibility that this player is on our team and we're going to make that jersey available for whoever wants it. But the thing that's really cool is our jerseys are not even like one, two, or three players deep. When you look at those those three gentlemen, it goes a lot deeper than that. People want to be connected to a range of players, and so you know it's not a sell. People view this as a team. They know who the superstars are. They love them, um, but they also love a lot of the other guys as well and, and recognize that. So that, that's been something that really has been – um, created from our basketball ops group and, and David Griffin, our general manager, and is something that the market is completely connected to. And, you know, if, if, I, if one guy happens to go in for an extra monster dunk and gets a bigger cheer, you know, then it just makes it an even more fun game. But it's, it is about team without question. Tracy, that um, that's that's a real great tip for my, for my last question here, which is, um, you know, obviously when you have a team that is that are champions, when you have the bronze of the world on your team, it's easy to fill a stadium. People want to go there anyway because because of that element, because the team is winning. It sounds like from everything you're saying that the Cavs really always have and still have the long game in mind, which is building the community, building the fan base, regardless of the players, obviously using them as additional, uh, you know, uh, the, the icing on top of the cake. But one of the things that we come across in with talking with different teams are the teams that are either in rebuilding phases or haven't been champions or are struggling to be champions and don't have those superstars. And they're trying to look at and figure out, well, what do we do and how do we position ourselves in our team and marketing and the entire organization so that we can build that fan base so that people will come regardless of how the team is performing? What advice do you have to those teams that are in that position based on what you know and what you've accomplished uh, at the Cavs? Wow, that, that's a big question. <laughs> that's a great question. Um, do you know what? I, I admire, to be honest with you, I, I admire teams that – 
and I've been there. I mean, certainly here with the Cavs, even on the early seasons with LeBron here, you know, we, we had um, our very significant share of struggles, not anything related to players, but just related to, you know, trying to build up that fan base. And um, obviously we've, we've come through through some good times, but it, it certainly hasn't always been a walk in the park. But I'm also um, smart enough to know that when you're a team like ours and you've your, your team has performed well and you've got players on your team like that, it's hard for other teams to look at you and say, okay, yeah, you really actually don't have real problems. You know, we have real problems. But w- what I could say is, is when I've been in that position, we, we really just set, set a philosophy. And I think that we – um, you know, really worked hard on the service side, and we really worked hard on the fan experience side, and we really worked to be an organization that within the sports industry and, you know, even just looking at our state and our local market um, could compete and could compete in the space of customer service and fan experience. And I know that that's definitely part of the formula that, that all teams are working to do. But what I would say is that, you know, we've gone through a wide array of circumstances here. That trait and that fact that, that people know that, that they can rely on us as a business they can trust us as a business that when things got harder, we still did giveaways. We still did the things that, you know, we did the research, what matters to them. We maintained the things that mattered to them. We didn't, we didn't have it impact um, what their fan experience was. That really helped. And so I think that people, um, there's, there's a face of consistency, I hope, I believe, um, within what the fan experience is here from, from the minute they step foot in the door to the minute they leave. And so I think it's just having a faith in your philosophy as a business. Um, when we've come through some tougher times, um, you know, although those times have been tough, um, and it could be just you're going through a, a streak of losing, you know what I mean? It could be that maybe that month isn't going as well as you'd like it to go or, you know, other, other kinds of changes. Um, we've never lost faith in, in who we are as an organization. We've never lost faith in the value that, that we really owe our fan base. And I think that that depth of philosophy is, has really carried us through. So um, I, I don't know if that will help other organizations, but I think that the experience I personally got in my world of minor league sports, which you know preceded my time here at the NBA level, where you were just what I call mucking and grinding and, and turning over every rock, um, that's the kind of experience that helps me here. The winning, I don't want to say winning is easy. Um, I tell that to our basketball players. They won't say just that it was easy for them to do it all. Um, but what's hard is, I think, to pound the rock every single day and keep bringing the values that, that matter. And, and the truth is every organization can do that. Um, everybody can keep pounding the rock. Tracy, we really appreciated the insight you gave us. I could probably talk to you for a hundred hours on a million different things about your Cavs history, but uh, we'll leave it at that. Uh, where can everybody connect with you or the different uh, social channels you have with the Cavaliers? Sure. Well, um, the Cavs, of course, you can go to at Cavs um, is a great place. Or certainly go to Cavs.com and check out all the different resources across all of the social media platforms. And if anyone wants to catch up with me, they can do so on Twitter at Tracy Merrick, which is at T-R-A-C-Y-M-A-R-E-K. And certainly would love to open up a conversation. Awesome. Well, Tracy, listen, we really appreciate you coming on the Sports Marketing Huddle. It was amazing insights. Thanks for the depth. Uh, you know, keep up the great work. Obviously, we're paying close attention to the Cavs. Great luck to you, the team, and everybody over there. Uh, we appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you. Great job to you guys as well. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah.